G'day, and thanks for joining us for this week's Two Ticks Town Talk, a segment of the Australia Talks podcast. I'm DK. And I'm RD. Please enjoy this segment from the regular podcast. And this week, we're going north to the Northern Territory, specifically to the very little town of Hermansburg. It has a population as of the 2022 census of 542 people. 89% of these identify as Aboriginal. Uh, and I think it was it was in the 98% of people uh, have Aboriginal ancestry. So it's very strong out there, which is really cool. Hermansburg was established on the 4th of June, 1877. Uh, it was a sacred site known as, and actually, before I say any of this, I should say I'm not, the Aboriginal language in this area is a little bit tricky with its phonetics and its pronunciation. So if anyone's listening from this area, I do apologize if I do mispronounce anything. I've tried my best. Uh, I've, I've looked around for a different couple of different sources for, for pronunciations and things like that. So hopefully I do it a bit of justice. If I haven't and you are listening, uh, please let me know. Give me a correction. Happy to, to learn. So uh, this this was a sacred site known as Nataria, which was associated with the Andara Ratapa dreaming. It was conceived as an Aboriginal mission by two German Lutheran missionaries, Hermann Kemp and Wilhelm Schultz of of the Hermannsburg missionary missionary in Germany. They travelled overland from Bethany in the Barossa Valley in South Australia all the way up into the Northern Territory. They, knew, they named their new mission among the Arunda people after Hermannsburg in Germany where they had trained. So they arrived. It seems a bit weird to go from Germany all the way here, uh, especially in 1877. Talk about remote. They arrived with 37 horses, 20 cattle, and nearly 2,000 sheep, five dogs, and some chickens. Construction began in the first building in the late June 1877, made of wood and reed grass. By August, a stockyard, kitchen, and living quarters were also completed. They had nearly no contact with the Aboriginal people of the area in the last few months, although their activities were being observed by said people. At the end of August, a group of 15 Aranda men visited the mission camping near the settlement. Realizing that communication was difficult, the missionaries quickly learnt the local Aranda language, which is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. A third missionary, Louis Schultz, arrived in Adelaide in October 1877, and he shortly after joined the missionary. He wrote a 54-page dictionary of 1,750 words and published it in 1890. Sorry, I should say, this dictionary was of the local Aranda language. In 1891, the mission actually published 
an Arunda language book on Christian instruction and worship, containing stories from the Bibles, Psalms, prayers, and 53 hymns. In the same year, the Royal, Stra- Royal Society of South Australia published Schultz's thesis on the habits and customs of the local Aboriginal people and the geography of the Fink River area, which is pretty cool. So fast forward a few years. Unfortunately, we're going to have to skip a ton of history uh, and a lot of really important people in the the Hermansburg history, uh, but we just simply don't have enough time. So fast forward to the mid-1920s, there was an absolutely terrible drought. Of course, drought in this area isn't something unknown to the region, but this drought was particularly harsh. Water holes had dried up that had never dried up in living history, and the local wildlife basically completely died or migrated away. Uh, And without all the bush tucker, a number of the local Aboriginal people that lived outside the mission came to the mission seeking food and water. What year did you say that was again? Sorry? Uh, sort of the mid-1920s this happened. Okay. So that sort of exacerbated the existing problems inside the mission. At this time, the mission really had a, a reasonably stable population of about 100 people. Um, things went bad to worse during this period, though, as the camel trains that would bring in supplies from uh, Adelaide and further south would come up, but they kept being late due to the camels not having enough food and water on their way north. The further north they got, the worse the drought became, and the camels simply couldn't, couldn't keep the same pace as they had previously. Then there was an outbreak of influenza dysentery and tuberculosis it just kept getting worse and unfortunately those hit the hardest were the young and of course the old but there was an estimated 85 percent of arunda children dying during this drought and a number of young children dying of an otherwise unknown illness turns out that illness was scurvy And once they realized this, they brought in 200 crates of limes, oranges, and lemons on the camel train to help those affected. And the beautiful thing about scurvy is if you are affected by scurvy, which is horrendous, uh, getting some vitamin C through citrus or other means uh, will recover. You will recover very, very, very quickly. So... um, So that's a small success. The rains came three days after Christmas in 1929. And of course, once the rivers swelled, uh, the land recovered reasonably quickly and everything went, quote unquote, back to normal. Uh, But there was a number of young people growing up in Hermansburg during this horrendous period, one one of which born in July 1902, so rewind a little bit, uh, was a little boy called Ela. He didn't have a last name. That was his custom of his people. 
uh, and he lived around the mission with his parents. But in 1905, his parents were baptized in the small church of the mission, and they were given Christian names. Ela became Albert. Albert really enjoyed art, and in 1934, two painters from Melbourne came through the mission looking to paint the landscape. Because around the mission, around Hermansburg, is a number of beautiful mountains, incredibly rugged land, rolling red mountains, cliffs. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. This isn't too far from Alice Springs. It's a couple of hundred kilometers from Alice Springs. Um, and Hermansburg is almost like in a valley between these two massive mountain ranges. So a very harsh environment, but very, very beautiful. So when these two painters came in 1934, the young Albert expressed interest in their work and actually offered to be their guide. Turns out Albert was particularly skilled in this artwork, particularly watercolour painting. During his first exhibition in 1938, he needed a last name. He chose Namachijira, which was his father's birth name. During, during, During his first exhibition, he sold every single one of his watercolors. Now, I'm going to stop here because Albert Namachadira is an incredible man who lived an incredible life and created some of the most revered artwork in Australia. But, and I could continue talking about him probably for another hour, but the segment actually isn't about him. He is probably the most famous person that was born in the town of Hermansburg and grew up there. And of course, a lot of his original watercolor paintings are from the area around around Hermansburg and the Northern Territory. But I don't want to get too sidetracked. Uh, I, I could not mention him, mm. but this, this segment is really about the town of Hermansburg. So why is Hermansburg so special? Why would I want to talk about Hermansburg if not for Albert Namachajira? Roughly 40 k's up the valley, between the mountains, if you followed the Fink River west, you'll find a peculiar mountain range in the middle of the valley floor. It's perfectly circular. From the ground, doesn't look like anything too much. But from above, it's almost a perfect circle. Adit, do you care to guess what is located roughly 40 kilometers from Hermansburg? Well, it's, if you're saying a perfect circle, I'm going to have to guess a, a meteor strike. Yes. It yes, is. it yep. is. So it's called Goss's Bluff Crater or... It's also called Norala by the local people. It's an impact crater. The original oh, crater. I'm just looking at. I'm just looking it up now. As you said that, wow, that's very impressive. It's very, impressive. It's very impressive. Wow. The original crater was thought to be formed by an impact of an asteroid or comet, approximately 142 million years ago. 
This is very ancient land. And the original crater rim was about 22 kilometers in diameter. It's about 14 miles. Uh, but it's since been eroded away significantly, of course, over 142 million years. Mm. The five, excuse me, the five kilometer diameter, uh, 180 meter high crater like feature is now exposed, is interpreted as the eroded relic of the crater's central uplift. That's why it looks so striking from the sky. Wow. The impact origin of this topographic feature was first proposed in the 1960s, with the strongest evidence coming from the abundance of shatter cones. What are shatter cones, I hear you say? Good question. I'll tell you right now. Shatter <laughs> cones are a rare geological feature that are only known to form in the bedrock beneath meteor impact craters or underground nuclear explosions. There are evidence that the rock has been subject subjected to a shock with pressures in the range of 2 to 30 gigapascals. Does that sound like a lot? I don't know. How about this? 290 <laughs> to 4.3 million PSI. That's a lot of PSI. That's a huge amount. of. Most people understand PSI, at least a little bit. Most truck tires have 40 PSI in it. So you can understand 4.3 million PSI is a lot of, a lot of pressure. <laughs> So, as I said, the site is known as Norala to the to the Aboriginal people of the Western uh, Aranda language group, and it is a sacred place. It is now located in the Norala Conservation Reserve, and a Western Aranda story attributes its origins to a cosmic impact. In the dream time, a group of celestial women were dancing as the star as stars in the Milky Way. One of the women grew tired and placed her baby in a wooden basket, which is called a perna. As the woman continued dancing, the basket fell and plunged into the earth. The baby fell to earth and forced the rock upwards, forming the circular mountain range. The baby's parents, the evening and the morning stars, continue to search for their baby to this day. The Turner can be seen in the sky as the constellation Corona Australis. Hmm. Now, well. you, you can visit... Uh, Norala today, if you want to. Uh, it can go through Hermansburg, up the valley, towards this magnificent piece of geology, uh, but it is a sacred place. So I can't stress this enough that you must abide by the signs and access the areas using the designated paths. You're also required to have a Northern Territory Parks Pass to access the area. There's not a huge amount of accommodation in Hermansburg, uh, but you can visit. Probably the uh, like really notable thing to visit is uh, the the Bethlehem Lutheran Church uh, is somewhat famous for for the fact that it's it's still there, um, and of course the Albert Namatajira Monument, uh, and there is a. Uh, a school of painting and potters that make ceramic art. 
that's there as well. So there is a little bit for tourists to do. Um, most of the people that are going there are to see the birthplace of Albert Namachajira. So. Mm. So there you go. That's Hermansburg, the Northern Territory. And this is such a beautiful example of why I love this segment of the podcast so much because I was just curious earlier this week about impact craters, asteroids uh, that had hit Australia and if there were any uh, basically the craters left uh, that we could go and see. And there is there's sort of two that, that are good to see. Um, and this is the only one that's really near a town. Um, and it's particularly striking when you look at it. And the nearest town is Hermansburg. And I was like, what's Hermansburg? Can we talk about Hermansburg? And I just went down this rabbit hole of this incredible town that birthed an incredible man uh, and has an incredible piece of geology just up the road. So, Hermansburg is wow, definitely on the list. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's real. I, I'm I'm with you. I I find those things so interesting, and I just love the the little journeys that it takes us on. I was just looking at the uh, Corona Australis, and I can what what did you say the um, uh, thing to hold the baby was called? Uh. I'm pronouncing it as a, a Turner, T-U-R-N-A. Yeah, just just looking at that, and you can see it. It's it's that sort of. Uh, well, now now I'm going to see it as that that Turner, that thing about the morning and evening stars looking for their baby. I mean, God, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, it's a bit bit sort of uh, sad in some ways. You know, it's just that they've fallen out, can't find it. It's that continual searching but yeah it's interesting to see that uh the shape of that formation and how it would be holding holding something in it and that bloody hell that impact crater is massively impressive yeah i'd I'd suggest if you're having a listen to this just check up check out uh goss's bluff crater um and yeah it it would be a destination i imagine for a lot well god i'd love to go there Thing is, you see all these things, you think, God, there's another one that I'd like to, to go to. <laughs> I got to add it to the list. It, it is that is somewhere I really do want to go. Um, I just it, it's one of these ones that feels like quite a special place. Yeah. Um, and I think it's particularly striking from the air. I, I have seen photographs from the ground. And it's not because it's so large. You don't, you can't fully visualize the whole structure, yeah. just because you know of your perspective. But you get into the into the sky with like a drone or or a satellite, um, and it's it's absolutely magnificent. So I'd love to go there, but. Um, I guess we're going to have to take some time off the podcast and hit the road and get out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be, that'd be an interesting thing for the, the future. Who knows what's going to happen? And that it's also birthplace of uh, Albert Nebajira. I didn't know that about his his name. I always just assume, you know, it was just a westernised first one and that was his last name. But that's interesting that uh, how he put that together. Had- yeah, it is quite cool. I think I think it was a good call um, from himself. So his his 
uh, father's anglicized name was uh, Jonathan, which is a bit boring. Um, and I do think it's cool because, you know, there are a lot of cultures around the world that don't have surnames uh, because they just don't need them. Um, and when they do encounter th- through colonialism or missionaries or however however it happens and we sort of assimilate and, and customs and things like that, quite often it's just you just pick something because it doesn't mean much to you culturally. Mm, but I mm. feel like this is one of those times that that didn't happen. It did. It had a huge meaning to him and it was very, very important. And as such, the actual electorate uh, of that district is called Namatajira. And just oh. outside of Hermansburg. So Hermansburg is sort of on the banks of the Fink River uh, on the other side of uh, the river from Hermansburg is a small, I would say sort of like a village, like there's a few houses and, and that sort of stuff. And that suburb is called Namatajira today as well. So Albert Namatajira has had a huge legacy in the local area. Uh, and rightfully so as he should and his family and, and I'm sure his, his descendants and things like that as well. So it is really, really cool. That is. That's real. That's really interesting. That's. Uh, I. I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs>